Today we will take a look at the Gospel of John, and I want you to open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. It's in the New Testament. Of course, we have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. So, toward the back of your Bible, you'll find the New Testament, or a little more than halfway through your Bible, I guess. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're looking for John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Let's go ahead and jump uh, right on into verse 1. So John 15, 1. Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You all... You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." Now, let's talk about these verses here. And there's something that we need to keep in mind whenever we read the teachings of Jesus, whenever we study the Bible. And that is, is that Jesus often spoke in parables. Now, a parable can be best described as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That's what a parable is, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Right? And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's speaking in a parable. And a parable, a parable is a wonderful way to convey divine truth so that we can understand them. The hearers of the parables of Jesus will either open their hearts to what He teaches or they will harden their hearts to it. And here in these first five verses of John 15, we see that Jesus is illustrating to us that in order to have a good life, that is, in order to have a life that bears fruit, we need to be connected or deeply rooted in the words that Jesus has spoken. He is the vine. That's our lifeline. And He says we need to be connected to Him and the words that He's spoken. You see, the abundant life that Jesus gives and that Jesus promises, uh, in that abundant life, we know that we have a hope and a future. And we can stand upon our faith, right? And something else to keep in mind as well is that Jesus said in John chapter 6, I'm not going to have you turn there, but Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, He said, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And he said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So Jesus is speaking of the power of his words, right? The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. You see, too often today, people, even 
professing Christian people look to how they can prosper in the flesh. And all too often, we think too much about our own flesh and our own selfish desires and our own selfish needs. Um, and sometimes today, unfortunately, the Word of God is even twisted um, to make it all about health and wealth and all about prosperity. And there's a lot of that kind of teaching that goes on today from the pulpits, right? A lot of prosperity type teaching where it's all about what you get and what you gain and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But the Lord is concerned with who we are on the inside. And when you truly uh, read the scriptures, you'll discover that. You know, the Bible says uh, that man looks upon the outward appearance. That's what we tend to do, right? That's how we look at each other, judge each other, whatever, right? We look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart, the Scripture says. And that's what He's concerned about, who we are internally, right? And the person that is truly seeking the Lord is the person that is seeking true spiritual change within themselves, Okay, too many times people seek religion and not an intimate, fully connected, fully plugged in relationship with Jesus. And it is different. It is different than religion to have a relationship with Jesus. It's been said that religion is man's attempt to get close to God. But Jesus Christ was God's attempt to get close to man. And that's how God wants it, right? The desire of a person that truly wants to know God is not a person that just plugs into religion, but a person that continues to seek the Lord and to plug into Him. A person that plugs into religion can just go on being the same person they already are. They just follow a religion, right? And they do that on Sundays or Wednesdays or a couple days a week or whatever, right? But a person that truly wants to know God is a person that desires to be made clean from the life they chose when they were not abiding in Christ, okay? And in verse 3 there, Jesus tells His disciples, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. You see that there in verse 3, John 15, 3. Jesus says, you are already clean. How? He says, because of the word which I have spoken to you. That's why you're clean. Because of the words that he speaks. Let me show you something in the Psalms. Go ahead and mark this page. And turn for a few moments to the book of Psalms. It's around the middle of your Bible. It's a pretty large book in the middle of your Bible. And I want you to find Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And we're running late today because some people had to go to Starbucks and we waited for them for a while. Um, so... All you people on YouTube, uh, it's because of these people sitting over here that we were late today. <laughs> Can you pan the camera around <laughs> over to them? <laughs> uh, but anyway, Psalms 119. Psalm 119. This is King David speaking. 
Okay, and starting down in verse 9, I want to show you something. Remember what we, remember what we looked at in John chapter 3? Jesus said you are, all, or John chapter 15, verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, right? That's what Jesus said. Then here in Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Now, this, of course, is true of an old man as well, right? And we see here the same thing that Jesus told His disciples, don't we? It was the Word of the Lord that makes us clean. Not just a one-time hearing of the Word, or even multiple times hearing of the Word, but it's a relying on the Word like your whole life is based upon it. That's how we are to live. Right? And that's what Jesus is describing here when He says back in John chapter 15. Don't turn there yet. I want to keep you here for a minute. But that's what Jesus is talking about when He says, He is the vine and we are the branches. There's, there's no real life, right? No fruitful life, that is, if we are not in the vine. If we're not plugged into Jesus. As a branch, we will just wither and die in Jesus' parable if we're not plugged into Him, right? David continues in verse 10 here and says, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? There again, we see the power of the Word of God. We see portrayed here the person that with their whole heart, they desire to keep the Word of God. This person treats it as if it's, a, it's their lifeline, the Word of God. Okay. He continues in verse 12, Blessed are you, O Lord, Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Think about that. How much do we as people often desire to be rich in this world? Materially, monetarily, right? When it comes to... To money, we want to be on easy street. We think that money is the answer to everything. And this attitude has permeated much of our lives and unfortunately much of Christianity today. But what the Lord desires of us is that we, des we desire more of Him, more than anything else in life, right? We desire the abundant life that He gives. Okay? And again, this is an internal thing we're talking about here. That Spirit-filled life that He gives where there's faith, where there's love, where there's peace, where there's joy. And it's not based on what's happening around us. It's based on what's in us, Christ in us, right? David continues in verse 15. I, he says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. So, so you see here King David saying, how can we cleanse our ways? How can we get right with God? How can we have that abundant life that God desires for us to have? By taking heed to the word of God. 
as I often remind you, we read in James that we're not to be forgetful hearers of the Word of God. Just hear it and then go our way and back to whatever. We're to, we're to live it, right? We're to actually live it out. So as we flip back now to John chapter 15, it is, like Jesus said, it is the Word of the Lord that makes us clean, that gives us true life, abundant life. As Jesus said in verse 5 of John 15, He said, apart from Him, we can do nothing. But you know, the reality is, and some people may ask the question, right? Don't people live every day without faith in Jesus? Don't they? people get by just fine not connected to Jesus, seemingly, right? They seem to be living just fine. But the thing that they lack is the spiritual life that Jesus gives to those that abide in Him. We are that branch that's plugged into that, that vine, right? And also notice back there in verse 1 that Jesus and the Father both work in our lives today. Jesus is the life supply, and the Father, Jesus describes in His parable here, He calls the Father the vine dresser. The Father is the one that works in us, as the Scripture says, to will and to do of His good pleasure. And we talked about that the last time we gathered, right? That often we want our good pleasure done. I know what's right for me. I know what I need. But that's not how God operates. He sees what we do not see. Right? And He wants us to abide in Him. And the Father is the vine dresser that's working that out. If you're, an, in, and if, you're, if you're abiding in the Lord, from time to time you will need to be pruned. Right? There, there's a cutting away of that which is dead. Cutting that off. Right? For what purpose though? so that we can grow more, so that there can be more growth, more spiritual growth. And God will do that kind of work in our lives as well and allow that. And sometimes certain things happen in our lives that we don't understand, we don't comprehend why, but there's something that makes us stronger in it, right? Something that makes us grow from it, that God's doing within us. And what about those that do not abide in Jesus, though? Jesus continuing to speak in verse 6. So we're back in John 15, 6, right? Jesus continuing to speak says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and they throw them into a fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will desire and it shall be done for you. So a very big contrast here between verses 6 and 7, right? There is no spiritual life for the one that is not connected to the vine. But the one that does abide in the vine cares about the will of God being done in their life and their prayers are answered accordingly. Why? Because they care about the will of God being done in their lives. Okay? In James chapter 4, it speaks of us praying amiss, James says. Meaning, we're praying for selfish reasons. Right? The prayers where we are seeking our will and not the, the will of the Lord. If we abide in the vine that is in Jesus, right, and as Jesus desires for us to do, 
right? Then we're going to think about the things of the Spirit of God. We're going to be concerned with spiritual things and not the things of the carnal flesh. And as a result, our prayers will be answered because we're praying in the will of God. But again, our focus needs to be on who we are spiritually and not who we are in the flesh. We must remember that this life, in James as well, he describes this life as a vapor. That's how the Scripture describes this life. It appears for a short time, and then it's gone. And the older you get, the more you realize that. You know, it, it just appears for a short time, and then it's gone. What happened to my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, right? What happened to these years, right? We're only passing through. That's what we have to keep in mind. It is appointed for, uh, unto man once to die, the Scripture says, and after that, the judgment. How concerned are we with that in the way we live our daily lives? How, are, how concerned with we are, are we with the future and what God has for us? When we bow before the Lord someday, we will be there after having lived a life of submission to Him on this earth where we cared about the things that Jesus taught. We cared about the Word of God, right? Or our hearts will be hardened to the things of God here, right? And someday we're either going to hear the words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, from the Lord, or we're going to hear the words, Depart from me, I never knew you. That's what the Scripture des describes. That time is coming where people will hear that. Either depart from me, I never knew you, or well done, good and faithful servant. And it's all a matter of what we focus on now. Do we care whether our, life, uh, whether our lives glorify God or not? In verse 8, Jesus says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If, verse 10, Jesus says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So do you see the comparison Jesus is making here? Jesus kept the commandments of the Father Himself, and the Father loved Him. Jesus, by giving us the Word of the Father, loved us. And only if we abide in Him can we keep His commandments. We need to be plugged into Jesus in order to keep His commandments. Because apart from Him, we can do nothing. I don't have the strength to live this fleshly life without the strength of the Lord. Okay? Some people call it a crutch. I love that crutch. I need that crutch. I need Jesus. Okay? We need to love the Lord enough, though, to keep His Word, to be His disciple. That's what He wants from us. Right? We need to be someone that learns from Him and then actually lives what we learn. That's what a disciple of Jesus Christ is. Verse 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. You see that? This is what I mean about 
spiritual things, right? Joy is spiritual. You see, happiness is what people often seek in this life, but it's circumstantial. It's based on your circumstances. Joy is spiritual. In this life, we're not always going to be happy, but we can have joy when we stay plugged into the vine, Jesus. Because when we are plugged into Jesus, we live with spiritual eyes. That's how we see things, right? Spiritual ears, that's how we hear things. We are, we are led not by sight, but we're led by faith. Happiness, like I said, it's circumstantial and it comes and goes. Some days I may be happy. Circumstances may arise and I'm not happy. Right? But joy remains if we remain spiritually minded and we remain plugged in to Jesus. In this life, there's always going to be things that make us happy and things that do not. But this life is not to be focused on for the one that lives for the Lord. We're not focusing on this life. It's not all about this, right? Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him. This is speaking of the Lord. Listen to this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So I'll read that word stayed there means fixed. So God will keep the person in perfect peace if that person's mind is fixed on God. Think about that, right? When we yield ourselves to be spiritually minded, we trust in the Lord day by day, and we realize our need for the Lord day by day. As a result, we can have peace. As a result, we can have the things of the Spirit at work in our lives, right? Verse 12, Jesus continues, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And of course we know that's what Jesus did. He laid down his life. And Jesus is our example. He showed us what love is. And he wants us to love as he loved. And that is to live in such a manner where we esteem the life of others as more important than our own lives. This is what real love is, right? But this kind of life does not come natural to us. It's not the way of our carnal flesh, the carnal man, right? As the Bible describes it, right? It only comes as a result of being that branch that is plugged into the vine. Jesus Christ, and allowing God to prune us. That's how we get there. That's how we get to this life. It doesn't come natural, right? But we need to allow Jesus to be our life. Surrender our all to Him. Trust in Him. Allow the Father to prune us, like I said, and to cut off all that which is spiritually dead about us. And this is a continual process. I gave my life to Christ in 1986. There's still a lot of pruning that needs to go on in me. Still a lot of things that God works out day by day in my life. But the question is, is are our minds open to that? Are we willing to say, yeah, I need that. I fall short and I need what God does. But speaking of the natural man here, I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because I said it's, it doesn't come natural to us, right? So go ahead and mark this page and let's find the book of 2 Corinthians. Okay, so we're in John right now. 
The next book to the right, going toward the back of your Bible, is Acts. Then there's Romans. And then 1 Corinthians. And then 2 Corinthians. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Not too many pages beyond where we are in John. You'll find the book of Acts, and then Romans, and then 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is what we're looking for here, right? Verse 17. So 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and notice those words, in Christ, think about the vine, think about us being the branches plugged into the vine. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Okay? If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Verse 17, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we see again the teaching from the Bible that we are to be in Christ, as it says there. That is, we need to have our lives connected or plugged into the vine as Jesus as our lifeline. And when we do, what happens? He makes all things new. The old passes away and a new life begins. Right? This is what we call being born again. This is what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. You must be born again. You must be reborn of the Spirit. In order to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. Right? But again, this life does this type of life. It's not a religion. It's not something we just choose with our natural man. It's not just a decision we make. It's surrendering our all to Him and giving our lives to Him, right? Since we're here in, the, in 2 Corinthians, now jump back one book to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, okay? So it's just going to be a few pages back. 1 Corinthians, it'll say 1 Corinthians in your Bible, chapter 2. And here's where I, I want to get to the fact that it doesn't come natural to us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and reading in verse 12. This is the Apostle Paul writing here. And he says in verse 12, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, I said, read it again. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. So this is that person that has surrendered their lives to Christ, given their lives to Him, right? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Right? So here we see that there is a spirit that is of this world, the Bible tells us. And there is a spirit that comes from God. Our lives are under the influence of one or the other. 
Okay? God wants us to know the life that He has for us, but that life comes when we are connected into the vine that is Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is saying here as a teacher, in verse 13, he goes on, These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. You see, if we do not surrender our lives to the life of Jesus Christ, then we are a people that are led by the spirit of this world. Like I said, one or the other is leading us. We're either led by the spirit of God or we're led by the spirit of this world. What's happening all around us, right? People that just go with the flow and live like everyone else. The same philosophies, the same patterns of life, looking out for number one and th their number one, right? And things like faith, love, joy, peace will all be foolishness to that person. I say, nah, I'm not into that. That's good for you, but that's not for me. Right? That whole faith thing, that peace and joy, all that biblical stuff, that's not for me. Well, that's the person that's led by the spirit of the world, of the world. Right? We operate, we are to operate from a mindset, not of the natural man, but of the spiritual man. And again, I keep telling you this, but it's true. If we're not plugged into the vine, we don't know this life. We don't know this life that God wants us to know in the Spirit. So, again, it just doesn't come natural to the natural man. But as we flip back now to John chapter 15, we see that Jesus is teaching all of this. The context here is Jesus is teaching all of this while He's right there in the presence of His disciples, right? Okay, so keep that in mind as we read these verses. He's right there in the presence of His disciples. And in verse 14 of John 15, He says, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. Keep that in mind. Everything that Jesus heard from the Father, He made known to His disciples. And He said, you did not choose Me. You remember in Matthew, you can see where Jesus went and He chose His disciples. He said, you did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in My name, He may give you. You see, Jesus... Specifically, like I said, He chose 12 disciples to, to spread the message, the gospel, the message of salvation, the message of eternal life, the message of a hope and a, and a future. Right? They were to go out and they were to bear fruit. That is, they were to make sure that this message went out into all the world and that people heard it. All the way up to you and me here today. And they did so on foot, and they did so by being sure that all of this was written down. 
the Word of God. The Bible is the place from which this message now goes forth. That's why I point you to the Bible. And I have you look at it yourself, right? There's still preachers and teachers today that make sure that the Word of God continues on, that we know this, what the Lord wanted us to know. And when someone opens up their heart and they receive the message of the gospel, they become that new creation that we talked about earlier. For they have died to their old life, that life that is led by the spirit of the world, that life that says, I'll do things my way. I'm okay. I can get by on my own. They die to that life and they connect themselves to the vine that is Jesus. Then again, like we saw, pruning begins. Things get, begin to be, get cut away. And I can look back over the years in my life and say, I used to be like this. I used to think that way. I used to react that way, but it's been cut away. I'm not perfect. There's still a lot of pruning to go on, like I said, but a lot of things have been cut away because I plugged into the vine. Little by little, we begin to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of this happens today when we learn from what is written in the Word of God, that message that these disciples took out to bear fruit. And as, as we learn it, we hide it in our hearts, like David said, Right? I've, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Right? We no longer live like the natural man because we become a person of faith. Not led by sight, not led by feelings, not led by emotions and such, but led instead by the Spirit of God. All because we have connected into the vine that is Jesus Christ. Now one thing I want to point out here, right? In many, in many things, we all stumble. Day by day, the Bible says that we have to take up the cross daily. What does that mean? Every day when I get out of bed, it's my flesh that wants to run the day. It's my own carnal mind. It's my own ways or whatever. I can either, when I get out of bed, just start to make my plans, start to do whatever I want to do and say I'm going to do this, that, or the other thing, or I can submit to God when I start today. Say, God, lead me today in your will. Let your will be done. Let people cross my path that you want. Let things happen. Let my business go in this way or that way, the way you want, not the way I want. Okay? That's, that's the mindset that we can have either way. But it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. We have to take up the cross daily and die to ourselves, right? But everything that God wants us to know, Jesus made known to His disciples. And they wrote it down, and it's all contained in the pages of the Bible. Jesus continues speaking to His disciples in verse 17. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Now pause right there. Because what we need to keep in mind here is that these disciples of Jesus that, as I said, went out to spread the message from God. They were indeed hated. And their message that is written down in the pages of the Bible was hated as well. And still, in many cases, I'm not saying by you here, but in many cases, it's hated 
today. Jesus said, remember, verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. You see, Jesus indeed was persecuted and ultimately crucified. And all of his disciples had a similar fate. They were spreading a message of love. They were spreading a message of righteous living. A message, though, that was about repenting, turning from your sin, and not living in accordance with the spirit of the world. And people that love sin wanted to get rid of them. And even today, they want to get rid of that message. They want to get rid of that message that's written in the Bible. And more and more, the truth of the Word of God is being hated. Many years ago, back in 1962, this country took the Bible out of public schools. And you can clearly see what happened after, the, after they did. You can clearly see the decline of society from that point on. Today, they want to consider parts of the Bible as hate speech. And, and they're moving toward that. And our government, certain parties in our government are talking about that. Parts of the Bible are hate speech. All because the natural man, the natural woman, right, that, that the, they don't want to repent. And they don't want to be connected to the vine that Jesus wants them connected to. Because they want to remain in their sin. They want to remain living how they want to live. And they don't want anything else. They do not care about the things of the Spirit of God, but yet they lack things of the Spirit like love, peace, joy, and they curse God and they blame Him when the message is clear, the way is clear, and Jesus Christ is the way. All right? Jesus continues in verse 21 and tells His disciples, but... All these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. In other words, Jesus came and pointed it out as God in the flesh, right? Emmanuel, God with us. He came and pointed out what sin was. People don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to know. Verse 23, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. In other words, Jesus proved who he was by the miracles that he did. And he proved that he was God in the flesh. And he pointed out their sin and they had to deal with it. And we still have to deal with it today as people, right? Verse 25, but this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. You see, when they crucified Jesus, they had no legitimate reason to do so. They let a criminal go to crucify Jesus in his place, right? Their only reason, their only reason was they, again, they hated the message. His message was, Repent. Stop living a sin-led life. 
turn from your ways and love God in the way that you live each and every day. Still today, people won't, don't want to hear that message. Right? They hate that message because it upsets their apple cart, right? the way they want to live. They don't want to hear what the Bible says because it speaks against their chosen way of life. And if I, if you and me do not seek to be connected to the vine, we will find ourselves far from the love, the, the life that God intends for us to have. That's all written down in the pages of the Bible. God loves you so much and desires the best for you so much that He went to the greatest of lengths to give us His only begotten Son so that whomsoever will believe on Him will not perish. We won't be that dead branch, but instead we'll have everlasting life. And to believe on Jesus is to give your whole life to Him. That's what that means. He was crucified. He was dead. He was buried. But He rose again. And He now ever lives to make intercession for us. There is a power of the resurrection that you and I can receive, that we can know. But it comes when we die to ourselves. And we take up the cross, like I said earlier, and we follow after the ways of Jesus. And then we we have the filling of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through this life. And look at verse 26. But when the Helper comes, Jesus said, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning, He tells His disciples here. So you see, Jesus sent His Holy Spirit to these men that they, might be, that they might spread the message. We can see it in Acts chapter 2, right? The Spirit comes upon these people and they go out and they begin to speak in the other languages of all the people all around and they spread the gospel message. And like I said, they spread it on foot and it still continues to spread today through what is written in the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit still works today through the power of that message that is in the pages of our Bibles. But the life that God offers us in Jesus Christ is not forced upon us. It's a choice. It's not forced upon anyone. You have to make that choice. We can be connected to the vine or we can be unconnected and wither up and die spiritually and someday face the Lord after this life and have to give an account of our lives, right? So what choice will we make today? Will we choose Jesus? Will we choose to be plugged into the vine? Or will, will we just continue to live by the Spirit of this world rather than by the Spirit of God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Again, we thank You for Your Word, Lord, Your Holy Word, Your everlasting Word, Your Word that is powerful, that is sharper than any two-edged sword, Your Word, as it says in Hebrews, Lord, it cuts deep within us. Even today as we hear it, as I stand here and, and teach it, Lord, it cuts. It cuts deep within us and it says we need to grow. And we need to seek You more. We need to surrender more of our lives to You, Lord. And I pray for those that are listening to this audio 
teaching or the video, Lord, that have never made that choice, or anyone, Lord, that's never made that choice to give their lives to you, that they would do so today. Your word says, Behold, today is the day of salvation. And we can choose to harden our hearts to the message and hate the message and thereby hate you because we hate the words you spoke. Or we can surrender and realize that, Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I pray that that will be the choice, Lord, for many. Lord, let your will be done in our lives as we move forward into the rest of the week, Lord. And we thank you again for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.